are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Leonardo di Sier Piero da Vinci was an Italian Renaissance painter, sculptor, architect, musician, scientist, mathematician, engineer, inventor, autonomist, geologist, cartographer, botanist, and writer whose genius, perhaps more than that of any other figure, epitomized the Renaissance humanist ideal. Leonardo was born April 15, 1452, and died May 2, 1519. Leonardo has often been described as the archetype of the Renaissance man, a man of unquenchable curiosity and feverishly inventive imagination. He is widely considered to be one of the greatest painters of all time, and perhaps the most diversely talented person ever to have lived. According to art historians, the scope and depth of his interests were without precedent, and his mind and personality seemed to us superhuman, the man himself mysterious and remote. Historians point out, however, that while there is much speculation about Leonardo's, his vision of the world is essentially logical rather than mysterious, and that the empirical methods he employed were unusual for his time. 
born out of wedlock to a notary, Piero da Vinci, and a peasant woman, Caterina, at Vinci in the region of Florence, Leonardo was educated in the studio of renowned Florentine painter, Verrocchio. Much of his earlier working life was spent in the service of Ludovico il Moro in Milan. He later worked in Rome, Bologna, and Venice, and he spent his last years in France at the home awarded to him by Francis I. Leonardo was and is renowned primarily as a painter. Among his works, the Mona Lisa is the most famous and most parodied portrait, and The Last Supper, the most reproduced religious painting of all time, with their fame approached only by Michelangelo's The Creation of Adam. Leonardo's drawing of Vitruvian Man is also regarded as a cultural icon. Being reproduced on items as varied as the Euro, textbooks, and t-shirts. Perhaps 15 of his paintings survive. A small number, because of his constant and frequently disastrous experimentation with new techniques and chronic procrastination. Nevertheless, these few works, together with his notebooks, which contains drawings, scientific diagrams, and his thoughts on the nature of painting, compose a contribution to later generations of artists, only rivaled by that of his contemporary, Michelangelo. Leonardo is revered for his technology and ingenuity. He conceptualized a helicopter, a tank, concentrated solar power, a calculator, the double hull on ships, and he outlined a rudimentary theory of plate tectonics. Relatively few of his designs were constructed or were even feasible during his lifetime. But some of his smaller inventions, such as an automated bobbin winder and a machine for testing the tensile strength of wire, entered the world of manufacturing unheralded. He made important discoveries in anatomy, civil engineering, optics, and hydrodynamics, but he did not publish his findings, and they had no direct influence on later science. Leonardo was born on April 15, 1452, at the third hour of the night, in the Tuscan hill town of Vinci, in the lower valley of the Arno River, in the territory of the Medici-ruled Republic of Florence. He was an out-of-wedlock son of the wealthy Messer Piero Frusanio di Antonio da Vinci, a Florentine legal notary, and Caterina, a peasant. Leonardo had no surname 
in the modern sense. Da Vinci simply meaning a Vinci. His full birth name was Leonardo de Ser Piero da Vinci, meaning Leonardo, son of Messer Piero from Vinci. The inclusion of the title Sir indicated that Leonardo's father was a gentleman. Little is known about Leonardo's early life. He spent his first five years in the hamlet of Anciano, in the home of his mother. Then from 1457, he lived in the household of his father, grandparents, and uncle Francisco in the small town of Vinci. His father had married a 16-year-old girl named Albiera, who loved Leonardo, but died young. When Leonardo was 16, his father married again to 20-year-old Francisco Landrafini, and it was not until his third and fourth marriages that Leonardo's father produced legitimate heirs. Leonardo received an informal education in Latin, geometry, and mathematics. In later life, Leonardo only recorded two childhood incidents. One which he recorded as an omen was when a kite dropped from the sky and hovered over his cradle its tail feathers brushing his face. The second occurred while exploring in the mountains. He discovered a cave and was both terrified that some great monster might lurk there and driven by curiosity to find out what is inside. Leonardo's early life has been the subject of historical conjecture. Vasari the 16th century biographer of Renaissance painters tells of how a local peasant made himself a round shield and requested that Leonardo's father have it painted for him. Leonardo responded with a painting of a monster spitting fire, which is so terrifying that his father sold it to a Florentine art dealer who sold it to the Duke of Milan. Meanwhile, having made of profit, Leonardo's father bought another shield, decorated it with a heart pierced by an arrow, and then gave it to the peasant. In 1466, at the age of 14, Leonardo was apprenticed to the artist Andrea di Sion, known as Verrocchio whose workshop was one of the finest in Florence. Leonardo would have been exposed to both theoretical training and a vast range of technological skills, including drafting, chemistry, metallurgy, metalworking, plaster casting, leatherworking, mechanics, and carpentry, as well as the artistic skills of drawing, painting, sculpting, and modeling. Much of the painted production of Ariaccio's workshop was done by his employees. According to Vasari, Leonardo collaborated with Veraccio on his The Baptism of Christ, painting the young angel holding Jesus' robe in a manner that was so far superior 
to his masters that Verrocchio put down his brush and never painted again. On close examination, the painting reveals much that had been painted or touched up over the tempera using the new te technique of oil paint with the landscape, the rocks that can be seen through the brown mountain stream, and much of the figure of Jesus bearing witness was done by Leonardo. Leonardo also may have been the model for two works by Verrocchio, the bronze statue of David in the Bargello and the Archangel Raphael in Tobias and the Angel. By 1472, at the age of 20, Leonardo qualified as a master in the Guild of St. Luke, the Guild of Artists and Doctors of Medicine. But even after his father set him up in his own workshop, his attachment to Vraccio was such that he continued to collaborate with him. Leonardo's earliest known dated work is a drawing in pen and ink of the Arno Valley drawn on August 5th, 1473. In 1478, he left Ferraccio's studio and was no longer a resident at his father's house. In 1480, he was living with the Medici and working in the garden of the Piazza of San Marco in Florence, a Neoplatonic academy of artists poets and philosophers that the Medici had established. In January 1478, he received his first piece of two independent commissions to paint an altarpiece for the Chapel of St. Bernard in the Palazzo Vicio, and in March 1481, the Adoration of the Magi for the monks of San Dantano Ascotopoio. Neither commission was completed, the second being interrupted when Leonardo went to Milan. In 1482, Leonardo, who according to Vasari was a most talented musician, created a silver lyre in the shape of a horse's head. Lorenzo de' Medici sent Leonardo to Milan, bearing the lyre as a gift, to secure peace with Luvocchio il Moro, Duke of Milan. At this time, Leonardo wrote an often quoted letter describing the many marvelous and diverse things that he could achieve in the field of engineering and informing Ludovico that he could also paint. Leonardo worked in Milan from 1482 until 1499. He was commissioned to paint the Virgin of the Rocks for the Confraternity of the Immaculate Conception and the Last Supper for the Monastery at Santa Maria del Grazi. Between 1493 and 1495, Leonardo listed a woman called Caterina among his dependents. In 
in tax documents. When she died in 1495, the list of funeral expenditures suggests that this Katerina was his mother. At the start of the Second Italian War in 1499, the invading French troops used the life-size clay model Leonardo had made called Gran Cavio for target practice. With Ludovico Savora overthrown, Leonardo, with his assistant Sali and friend, the ma mathematician Luca Palalaki, fled Milan for Venice, where he was employed as a military architect and engineer, and devising methods to defend the city from naval attack. On his return to Florence in the year 1500, he and his household were guests of the Servite monks at the monastery of Santissima Annunciatia and were provided with a workshop where, according to Vasari, Leonardo created the cartoon of the Virgin and the Child with St. Anne and St. John the Baptist, a work that won such admiration that men and women, young and old, flocked to see it as if they were attending a great festival. In Cessna in 1502, Leonardo entered the service of Cesar Borgia, the son of Pope Alexander VI, acting as a military architect and engineer and traveling throughout Italy with his patron. Leonardo created a map of Borgia's stronghold, a town plan of Imola, in order to win his patronage. Maps were extremely rare at that time, and it would have seemed like a new concept upon seeing it. Borgia hired Leonardo on the spot as his chief military engineer and architect. Later in the year, Leonardo produced another map for his patron, one of Chiana Valley, Tuscany, so as to give his patron a better overlay of the land and greater strategic position. He created this map in conjunction with his old other projects of constructing a dam from the sea to Florence in order to allow a supply of water to sustain the canal during all seasons. Leonardo returned to Florence where he rejoined the Guild of St. Luke on October 18, 1503, and spent two years designing and painting a mural of the Battle of Angaria for the Signoria, with Michelangelo designing its companion piece, the Battle of Cassinia. In Florence in 1504, he was part of a committee formed to relocate against the artist's will, Michelangelo's statue of David. 
In 1506, Leonardo returned to Milan. Many of his most prominent pupils or followers in painting either knew or worked with him in Milan. However, he did not stay in Milan for long. Because his father had died in 1504, and in 1507 he was back in Florence trying to sort out problems with his brothers over his father's estate. By 1508, Leonardo was back in Milan, living in his own house in Portaria Orientale in the parish of Santa Babilia. From September 1513 to 1516, Leonardo spent much of his time living in the Belvedere in the Vatican in Rome, where Raphael and Michelangelo were both active at the time. In October 1515, Francis I of France recaptured Milan. On December 19th, that same year, Leonardo was present at the meeting of Francis I and Pope Leo X, which took place in Bologna. Leonardo was commissioned to make for Francis I a mechanical lion which could walk forward, then open its chest to reveal a cluster of lilies. In 1516, he entered Francisco's service being given the use of the manor house at Close Luz, near the king's residence at the royal Chateau d'Ambrose. It was here he spent the last three years of his life, accompanied by his friends and apprentice, Count Francisco Malizzi, and supported by a pension totaling 10,000 scudi. Leonardo died at Close Luce on May 2, 1519. Francis I had become a close friend. Vasari's records show that the king held Leonardo's head in his arms as he died, although the story, beloved by the French and portrayed by romantic paintings, may be legend rather than fact. Vasari states that in his last days, Leonardo sent for a priest to make his confession and to receive the Holy Sacrament. In accordance to his will, 60 beggars followed his casket. He was buried in the chapel of St. Hubert in the Chateau d'Ambrose. Melzi was the principal heir and executor receiving as well as money, Leonardo's paintings, tools, library, and personal effects. Leonardo also remembered his other longtime pupils and companions, who each received half of Leonardo's vineyards, his brothers who received land, and his serving woman who received a black cloak of good stuff with a fur edge. Some 20 years after Leonardo's death, Francis I was reported 
by the goldsmith and sculptor Benevenito Cellini as saying, There has never been another man born in the world who knew as much as Leonardo. Not so much about painting, sculpture, and architecture as that he was a very great philosopher. Leonardo's most famous painting of the 1490s is The Last Supper, painted for the refectory of the convent of Santa Maria del Grazi in Milan. The painting represents the last meal shared by Jesus and his disciples before his capture and his death. It shows specifically the moment when Jesus had just said, one of you will betray me. Leonardo tells the story of the consternation this statement caused to the 12 followers of Jesus. The novelist, Matteo Bendelio, observed Leonardo at work and wrote that some days he would paint from dawn until dusk without stopping to eat and then not paint for three or four days at a time. This was beyond the comprehension of the prior of the convent, who hounded him until Leonardo asked Ludovico to intervene. Vasari described how Leonardo, troubled over his ability to adequately depict the faces of Christ and the traitor Judas, told the Duke that he might be obliged to use the prior as his model. When the last, <clears throat> when the last supper painting was finished, the painting was acclaimed as a masterpiece of design and characterization. But it deteriorated rapidly, so that within a hundred years, it was described by one viewer as completely ruined. Leonardo, instead of using the reliable technique of fresco, had used tempera over a ground that was mainly gesso, resulting in a surface which was subject to mold and flaking. Despite this, the painting had remained one of the most reproduced works of art. Countless copies have been made in every medium all over the world. Among the works created by Leonardo da Vinci in the 16th century is the small portrait known as the Mona Lisa or La Gioconda, the laughing one. In the present era, it is arguably the most famous painting in the world. Its fame rests in particular on the elusive smile on the woman's face. Its mysterious quality brought about perhaps by 
the fact that the artist has subtly shadowed the corners of the mouth and eyes. So the exact nature of the smile cannot be determined. The shadowy quality for which the work is renowned came to be called Sumato or Leonardo's smoke. Vasari, who is generally thought to have known the painting only by repute, said that the smile was so pleasing that it seemed divine rather than human, and those who saw it were amazed to find that it was as alive as the original. Other characteristics found in this work are the unadorned dress in which the eyes and hands have no competition from other details. The dramatic landscape background in which the world seems to be in a state of flux. The subdued coloring and extremely smooth nature of the painterly technique, employing oils but laid on much like tempera and blended on the surface so that the brush strokes are indistinguishable. Vasari expressed the opinion that the manner of painting would even make the most confident master despair and lose heart. The perfect state of preservation and the fact there is no sign of repair or overpainting is rare in a painting done on panel of this date. Renaissance humanists recognized no mutually exclusive polarities between the sciences and the arts. And Leonardo's studies in science and engineering are as impressive and innovative as his artistic work. These studies were recorded in 13,000 pages of notes and drawings, which fuse art and natural philosophy, today's forerunner of modern science, made and maintained daily throughout Leonardo's life and travels, as he made continual observations of the world around him. Leonardo's writings are mostly Eaton Mirror image cursive. The reason may have been more a practical expediency rather than for reasons of secrecy as is often suggested. Since Leonardo wrote with his left hand, it is probable that it was easier for him to write from right to left. His notes and drawings display an enormous range of interests and preoccupations, some as mundane as lists of groceries 
and people who owed him money. And some, as intriguing as designs for wings and shoes for walking on water. There are compositions for painting studies of details and drapery, studies of faces and emotions, of animals, babies, dissections, plant studies, rock formations, whirlpools, war machines, helicopter, and architecture. Leonardo's approach to science was an observational one. He tried to understand a phenomenon by describing and depicting it in utmost detail and did not emphasize experiments or theoretical explanation. Since he lacked formal education in Latin and mathematics, contemporary scholars mostly ignored Leonardo, the scientist, although he did teach himself Latin. In the 1490s, he studied mathematics under Luca Pagliali and prepared a series of drawings of regular solids in a skeletal form to be engraved in plates for Pagliali's book, Da Devia Proportione, published in 1509. It appears that from the content of his journals, he was planning a series of treaties to be published on a variety of subjects. A coherent treaty on anatomy was said to have been observed during a visit by Cardinal Louis de Argonne's secretary in the year 1517. A recent and exhaustive analysis of Leonardo as scientist argues that Leonardo was a fundamentally different kind of scientist from Galileo, Newton, and other scientists who followed him. Leonardo's experimentation followed a clear scientific method and his theorizing and hypothesizing integrated the arts and particularly painting. These and Leonardo's unique integrated holistic views of science make him a forerunner of a modern system of theory and complexities schools of thought. Leonardo's formal training in the anatomy of the human body began with his apprenticeship to Andrea del Braccio, 
who insisted that all his pupils learn anatomy. As an artist, he quickly became master of topographic anatomy, drawing many studies of muscles, tendons, and other visible anatomical features. As a successful artist, he was given permission to dissect human corpses at the Hospital of Santa Maria Nuova in Florence and later in hospitals in Milan and Rome. From 1510 to 1511, he collaborated in his studies with the doctor Marciantiano della Torre. Leonardo made over 200 pages of drawings and many pages of notes towards the treatise on anatomy. These papers were left to his heir, Francisco Melzi, for publication, a task of overwhelming difficulty because of its scope and Leonardo's idiosyncratic writing. It was left incomplete at the time of Melzi's death, more than 50 years later, with only a small amount of the material on anatomy included in Leonardo's Treatise on Painting, published in France in the year 1632. Leonardo drew many studies of the human skeleton and its parts, as well as the muscles and sinews. He studied the mechanical functions of the skeleton and the muscular forces that are applied to it in a manner that prefigured the modern science of biomechanics. He drew the heart and the vascular system, the sex organs, and other internal organs, making one of the first scientific drawings of a fetus in utero. As an artist, Leonardo closely observed and recorded the effects of age and of human emotion on the physiology, studying in particular the effects of rage. He also drew many figures who had significant facial deformities or signs of illness. Leonardo also studied and drew the anatomy of many animals, dissecting cows, birds, monkeys, bears, and frogs, and comparing in his drawings their anatomical structure with that of humans. He also made a number of studies of horses. 
During his lifetime, Leonardo was valued as an engineer. In a letter to Ludvicio Il Moro, he claimed to be able to create all sorts of machines, both for the protection of the city and for siege. When he fled to Venice in 1499, he found employment as an engineer and devised a system of movable barricades to protect the city from attack. He also had a scheme for diverting the flow of the Arno River, a project on which Niccolo Machiavelli also worked. Leonardo's journals included a vast number of inventions, both practical and impractical. They included musical instruments, hydraulic pumps, reversible crank mechanisms, thinned mortar shells, and a steam cannon. In 1502, Leonardo produced a drawing of a single span, 720 foot bridge as part of a civil engineering project for the Ottoman Sultan Bayezid II of Constantinople. The bridge was intended to span an inlet at the mouth of the Bosporus known as the Golden Horn. Bayezid did not pursue the project because he believed that such a project was impossible. Thankfully, Leonardo's vision was resurrected in 2001 when a smaller bridge based on his design was constructed in Norway. On May 17, 2006, the Turkish government decided to construct Leonardo's bridge to span the Golden Horn. For much of his life, Leonardo was fascinated by the phenomena of flight, producing many studies of the flight of birds, including his 1505 Codex on the flight of birds, as well as plans for several flying machines, including a light hang glider and a machine resembling a helicopter. The British television station, Channel 4, commissioned a documentary, Leonardo's Dream Machines, for broadcast in the year 2003. Leonardo's machines were built and tested according to his original designs. Some of those designs proved a success, while others fared less well when practically tested.
within Leonardo's own lifetime. His fame was such that the King of France carried him away like a trophy and was claimed to have supported him in his old age and held him in his arms as he died. Interest in Leonardo has never diminished. The crowd still queued to see his most famous artworks. T-shirts bear his most famous drawings. And writers like Vasari continue to marvel at his genius and speculate about his private life, particularly about one so intelligent actually believed in. Giorgio Vasari in the enlarged edition of Lives of the Artists in the year 1568 introduced his chapter on Leonardo da Vinci with the following words. In the normal course of events many men and women are born with remarkable talents. But occasionally, in a way that transcends nature, a single person is marvelously endowed by heaven with beauty, grace, and talent in such abundance that he leaves other men far behind. All his actions seem inspired and indeed everything he does clearly comes from God rather than from human skill. Everyone acknowledged that this was true of Leonardo da Vinci, an artist of outstanding physical beauty who displayed infinite grace in everything that he did and who he cultivated his genius so brilliantly that all problems he studied he solved with ease. Giorgio Vasari in the year 1568. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet.
Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet? Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.